the black squares and the white squares, you've got to separate them. Would you ever consider something like that, given that a thrash, Dave? No. I don't know whether to apologise for it or not. I don't think I will. How did I not see this? Yeah. The closest I came to kickstarting something was... Potato salad. Good afternoon everyone and welcome to the Overcast Gamer Show for the 7th of February 2016. Uh, it's actually a really nice day outside today and we're all in this <sighs> bit, of, bit of a gloomy room with some artificial light so I'm I think okay it's some... Um, it yeah, no, it's, it's, it's my nice sitting actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined as always with... Regan Harper. Balthazar Valentine. Mm-hmm. And we've got some great stuff to discuss today. We've got some uh, things we've been playing. Um, I've been in dabbling a little bit into The Witness, and Balthazar's got some Blade and Soul chat as well. Um, we've got a few release dates to go over, actually. There's been a few announced um, recently, so we'll go over those. Got a bit of news and some discussion, and we might have a couple of glitches at the end that we've noticed as well. So we'll just jump straight into it. Um, Balthazar, you want to chat about Blade and Soul, mate? Yeah, I mean, I touched on it a bit last pod. Um, you know, I just started up, had a go, and I thought, now I've actually played it for a good 60 hours, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what MMOs do, isn't it? They just drain your time. Um, I can actually kind of give, give somewhat of an idea of what the actual game is like now that I've gotten through it. Um, yeah, no, it's still good. Um, something I've really realised playing it is due to the action-oriented nature of it, um, the kind of combat-heavy and everything like that, um, it's a PvP game. Right. Um, so, you know, the, there is the PvE, there's the story. Um, uh, most of the story is I'll reach points in the game, see a character I haven't seen for eight hours, totally forgot who they were, what they did, would remember what they did and who they were and be like, oh, this is that game. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, this is because, you know, the, it's an MMO, the scenery changes a lot, the sure. towns, yeah. the everything, that you just totally forget where you've come from, what you were doing, why you were doing it, um, and it just it's just all part of the grind, hit max level, get good gear kind of thing. Um, but as far as those games go, no, it's good. Um, the PvP does it, is does it, great. Does it still like feel like an MMO? Like, because my thing with MMOs is I always kind of get into them, and then I'm like, oh, this is amazing. There's a massive world here. Yeah. And then you run off and you get a quest and you go and do that quest and you come back and they, it just feels like a series of kind of fetchy type things. Yeah, right. right. Thing definitely. It, with MMOs. it <laughs> definitely still has that feel and a mm. lot of stuff aside from the combat. Everything else is very MMO. You know, your quests to go get ten bear hides and <laughs> yeah. kill six vandal gunners or whatever you know Absolutely. that just that's what it is um and rng up the wazoo i mean the amount of times we've run a dungeon actually yesterday ran a dungeon for a specific outfit i got it first time through and i was like yes cool we're done and the missus was like i didn't get it we've got to keep running it mm. and i was like right i'm gonna go do some other stuff while you run it whatever came back it all day the entire day she finally got it after 40 or so runs of this dungeon i was like it's so mmo so mmo just rng everywhere um they induce a lot of rage um i'm never someone who cares you know if she got it first run and i didn't i'd be like sweet let's move on um i was grateful that i did get it i wore it for about 10 minutes and was like nah, i don't like it as much as the other one i already had so I changed off um, but yeah no definitely it's something that I'll, I'll stop talking about after today because i've kind of experienced it and there's nothing new yeah um but i'm not going to stop playing the pvp um i'm currently almost platinum ranked in pvp mm-hmm. um which is an elo of 1900 or higher i'm at about 1872 or something mm-hmm. um so i'm going to keep going with the pvp it is fun and um, is that the purely just because the mechanics of the battle yeah it's just because 
combat cool. itself, if you remove the standard MMO stuff, the questing and everything, there's something really special under there in the mm. way that the game does play out. Um, and the PvP literally is just the unique and exciting combat. Um, right. And it's a best of three. Um, you have duels, 1v1. Um, there is a team-based tag team combat. Never played it. I just do the 1v1 duels. Okay. Um, best of three. Uh, a lot of people hate on me because I play a destroyer, which is... <laughs> a very easy class to play but I have good reasoning behind it simply that come on we're in New Zealand we're in New Zealand I'm on North American servers my ping is over 400 it's fucking mental I can't actually chain combos together if I don't play the class that literally is just spin to win I hold down a button and he spins <laughs> and I just spin, a really I just spin over the enemy. Yeah, just spin over them. Awesome. I break, you know, movement impairing effects and stuff instantly if I'm spinning. Just yeah, and people are like, "Fucking learn to play the game, play someone real." And I'm like, "I can't. I have the shittest internet in the and you world." You could always make the argument that hey, the dip, they, they put, they put, they put it in. in. They yeah. put it in. A Korean development team made a game focused on PvP. And after however many patches and everything over there, they released it in the West with this still in it. They feel <laughs> it's balanced and they feel this is okay. So I'm just doing it. It's fine. Um, but something as much as you can hate, you know, classic MMO stuff, mm. um, it is something that I've always kind of enjoyed. Just that you do always have that goal. You know that when you've reached the end of the game, there's the gear grind and you've always got objectives you're working towards. So Sometimes as much fun, as right? it pains me to acknowledge it, I did yesterday renew my Final Fantasy XIV subscription for six months. Um, and yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, it's still everything I remembered it being, everything I loved. Um, the, the dungeons that dropped at the end of the expansion are still great fun, still good music, great great um, combat. As far as MMOs go, aside from Blade and Soul, um, it, it is a very action-oriented combat, aside, you know, compared to things like World of Warcraft. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just it's great fun. And I'm not going to bore everyone with talking about Final Fantasy XIV over the next six months while I just play <laughs> it a lot. Um, but no, it's, it's a great game, and mm. it's something I will be looking into moving into more of as well yeah would you ever consider something like that given that a thrash no no it's, it's, it's not <laughs> no, you can fuck around there's no way i could be motivated in the slightest to play final fantasy it's just it's not my jam that's mm. all i can really say is it's not my jam you could be a fat midget in leopard print underpants as appealing as that sounds <laughs> i might give it a pass i'm not but <laughs> um, can so while you've been you jamming out merry-go-round simulator and final fantasy 14 yeah um i've been jumping into a, a new indie um which came out recently jonathan blows the witness now if everyone doesn't know jonathan blow is the guy who made braid which was an indie game released about five years ago now so he's been working on this game for a good four years at least oh, yeah um he's a bit of a nutter he, he he seems to have he he knows what he's talking about but he seems just like one of those just completely off off the handle kind of in his mind. He's mentally <laughs> unhinged. This, from playing The Witness, this man is a genius and an absolute maniac at the same time. So let me just dig into a little bit of The Witness. Hard to describe, even when, when I've been writing my review for it. It's a very, very hard game it's, to describe. I mean, it's, it's a line puzzle game, right? It is a line puzzle game. <laughs> at the core, it is a line puzzle game. So what you do is it's a first-person game. You walk around this massive island it doesn't look that big when you see it overview but it's actually very big and it's essentially small biomes so there's an autumn forest and there's a quarry and there's a swamp and there's a you know a, a tundra um so you go through all these different biomes and solve these these panels and the really really interesting thing about the witness is that it teaches you rules 
and you apply those rules in very unique ways um, as the game progresses. So, for example, it'll teach you a rule. You'll encounter a panel. There'll be some black squares and some white squares. And you go, hmm. And you can, all you can do is draw a line. And so you go, oh, what do I do? And it's essentially a process of elimination for a while. And you're drawing your lines around, and it's going, eh. Try again, you There's pretty much no hand-holding in this game. So you're just left to your own devices. So you'll keep drawing these lines, and eventually you'll go ding, and you know you, it'll glow golden, and you know you've got the right thing. And from there, you've got to figure out why was that right. So and do you have enough time on the screen? Like post finishing, will the puzzle stay there for a while, so you can actually look at the solution you applied and, and figure it they out? They stay there for it... about five seconds. The line. So yeah, it's 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 you've got to be quick on it, and you've got to sort of know you, what you can't just randomly draw lines because you've got to know what your you're phone doing. And take a photo of it you, or you, i have done that several times <laughs> this game. i have done that it's yeah because it, it gets much more complicated later on so spoiler for the very 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 first puzzle the black squares and the white squares you've got to separate them and i know that sounds horribly racist but that's what you have to do um <laughs> they're just squares they're not yeah, yeah. why couldn't they have just um, chosen like neutral hues yeah of various colors rather than, well there's uh, there's multiple colors throughout the game so right. the, the black it's not just black and white that might just be a bit on the nose but um <laughs> anyway so you you figure out you've got to separate these black and white squares and then they'll start applying the black and the white squares and there'll be five black squares and five white squares and you've got to you know separate them and then they'll they won't be right beside each other they'll be scattered around and you've got to draw like a very you know um, detailed line around just highlighting all the all the black squares from the white squares and it's, it's very much about using negative space and sort of having an idea of that negative space and using that to your advantage. So later on in the game, um, probably not even that long, but an hour or something like that, you start to learn that the puzzles in the island kind of one and the same. So you get the solutions from the puzzles by looking at the environment around you. So an example of that is there'll be what looks like a very basic stencil of a tree on one of the puzzles, and you'll, you'll be in an orchard. So you're like, okay, you have a look around at these trees. And the tree nearest to you has an apple on it. You're like, none of the other branches have an apple on it. That one has an apple on it. So you go and you draw. You're like, you know, that's the one thing that sticks out about this tree. So on the on the part of the panel, you draw a line up the tree and then up this branch because there's multiple branches on the panel as well until you get to the apple. And then it goes bang and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. That's what it is. So you move on to the next one and might, the rules might have changed slightly. The, the tree might be obscured by something or part of the tree might be obscured by something. So you take what you learned previously and you apply that whilst overcoming this new part of the problem, which is the tree being obscured by something. And that's essentially what The Witness is. It's rules building on rules, and it's teaching you things constantly. And it's up to you to remember these rules. It's not gonna. It's not gonna pop up and be like, "Hey, this means this." It's up to <laughs> yeah. you to. Don't you remember when you did that thing yeah. before? You, you <laughs> yeah. <did laughs> yeah. So by the end of playing it, I, I did finish it. I finished it last night, and I think it took me around. I didn't. It doesn't have a counter on it. So I think it probably took me around 30 hours, I'd say, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but Is by it... the end of it, my my gaming space, my bed and desk, mm -hmm. essentially, looked just like the, the a room in a, in a mental asylum. It's like scrolls, <laughs> there's dioramas, I'd like cut out shapes, yeah. just drawing little Tetris blocks everywhere. Written, written in blood on the wall. And, and all that yeah. sort of shit. <laughs> And it's just absolutely insane, but it all makes sense to me. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, it's a really, really interesting game. And so another thing is these lines you see everywhere outside of the puzzles, you start seeing them in the environment. So the game's all about perspective. So you will see what just looks like a, you know a path or something like that, and then you see the path from uh, you'll go up the up the 
up the um, mountain a wee bit and you'll look down at the path and you'll be like, hey, that kind of looks like a line. And then you'll go up a wee bit more and the path will join with another part of the path and form what is one of these lines, which is sort of has a bulbous end and then goes really thin and you get to know that's the line. That's that's what the mm, witness is. It's this line, it's this shape. Mm. And so you can actually draw on the environment. And the first time I did that, it freaked the shit out of me because I played this with headphones. And <laughs> when you initiate these environmental puzzles, it they sort of like ignite. And it's it looks a little bit magical. There's sort of like some magical dust and stuff. But it goes, and I was playing this with headphones. So I was like, I wonder if, and I clicked on something and it did that. And I was like, holy shit. And it, yeah, it just freaked the hell out of me. But it's so really, really interesting. That's quite a mental leap to make, to, to be given these little panels and then suddenly you say to yourself, that looks like a line. Yeah. I wonder if I can yeah, just yeah. reach and, out. And... and these lines, the, the, those ones that I was talking about then, they're not they're not part of like the panels. Like You don't have to do them. They're just peppered around the environment. And I don't know what they did. I got a whole bunch of them, and they all went when the magical pixie dust flew off into the air and something happened. But <laughs> they're, they're not connected to the, to the puzzles at all. They're just their own thing. Huh. Like, the, the island is made up of these lines, essentially. The island is the lines, you know? Wow. Yeah. It's all very wanky, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's Jonathan Blow, so it's going to be very wanky. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the game, um, but the ending is something to left to be desired. Mm. It, it just makes no sense whatsoever to me. I didn't get, get, gain anything from that. What's, it's just, you know, I'm not going to say what it was, but... You just had all along. It just ended, and it was just, I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> that, that was the end of that yeah 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 but um no very enjoyable if you're into puzzle games highly highly recommend it it will drive you to the point of madness because you'll be sitting at the same panel for half an hour trying to figure out what the fuck is is wrong with were you. there other points where wrong you were just like i am not i i'm gonna give up I, I... yes there's there's multiple points where i just put it down and walked away <laughs> and then just came back, you know, an hour or two later and picked it up again and solved the thing instantly. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> just... time when you come back and you're like, how oh, did I not see this? Yeah. yeah. Did you get any uh, of that kind of guitar hero syndrome where you go to bed at the end of the day, close your eyes, and it would just be it's lines still happening. I was, I was watching a TV series, like <laughs> a binge watching and you just see, like, the, the lines and yeah. matrix around you. I was, I was binge watching a TV series yesterday, and all I could concentrate on while I was watching the series is these fucking panels in my head, and I was just drawing lines. And it wasn't even a puzzle, like, it was just the that general thought of drawing lines, I was like, oh my god, this game's really got into my skull. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, and it's a very, very beautiful game as well. Very unique art style. Very basic. Um, there's not much detail on things. It sort of just forms and shapes and things like that. There's not little intricate details and things like that, but it's a really interesting art style I've never mm -hmm. seen before. And, um, yeah, highly recommend to any puzzle fans out there. Um, just, you know, be wary. You are... You know, you're going to question your own sanity at, at multiple points throughout that game. Well, you're still pretty coherent there, Abe. So yeah, 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 yeah. You haven't um, absolutely lost <laughs> that. But uh, it sounds like a real challenge. It, um, yeah, it, it is. It is a, a bit of a tricky one. Um, but yeah, no, that's what I've been. Mm. That's pretty much all I've been jamming, really. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish I had something new report, new to report. But over the last couple of podcasts, I've mentioned The Witcher. Still just playing The Witcher. <laughs> that's still cool, man. It. If it's and a good game, then we can't begrudge you well, with that. That's the thing, right? And um, I don't know whether to apologise for it or not. I don't think I will. It's uh, so, you know, Project Red should be apologising yeah, for taking up all of everyone's time. Exactly. <laughs> they should yeah. send out an apology note. Yeah. 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 Sorry, we created case. the best game of 2015. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Here's right. another soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, could, I should be sort of, um, you know, going at them for some compensation for all of the sort of 
relationships that they've ruined. <laughs> you know, I, haven't, I haven't spoken to my mother in weeks, you know, and that's just all down to the fact that I'm not Regan, I'm Geralt. It's the been banging witches, man. <laughs> yeah. Not witches, uh, witches. Yeah, but we've done we've done the Witcher to death, yep. um, and so we won't go into that too much. I've just downloaded the um, the expansions, so mm-hmm. just playing through some in game stuff, and have set myself the goal. And my plan is to write a fair bit of content about this of actually trying to hundred percent the Witcher. So it's a hell of an endeavor to take yeah, on, man. It's a, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if it's possible. I don't know if it is possible because there's so many conditional quests and things that mm-hmm. will only pop up mm-hmm. if you've done A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. It'll probably need, require starting from scratch with a guide, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at, and still just plodding along with that. And uh, yeah. yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. sounds awesome to me, man. Um, one thing before we move into some news. Um, I want to mention is last time we were, we were discussing the Uncharted 4 delay, um, we actually all got that wrong when it's actually coming out. It's coming out April 26th. So last time mm. I said it was either May or it was either June. None of those. Mm. It's April. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry about that, everyone. Um, Naughty Dog is not if as you far to behind. you be your news from our, our <laughs> yeah, yeah, Naughty Dog's <laughs> not as far behind as I had thought, so that's, mm, that's really Which good. is cool. It was actually funny. I went into um, the game shop up the road just before I, I came here, and they've, they've, you know, they've printed all the, they print out those those show boxes to say pre-order the game and it's Uncharted, right? And it has the date on the bottom. They've actually just taken a stick, like a post-it note, <laughs> and just drawn the new release date and just put stuck it over there. And I think they're like two or three sticky notes deep now on that. Oh so, man, which is great. It's it's awesome. But that, um, they must be so pissed when those <laughs> things get delayed and stuff. Uh, it's just like yeah. how beautiful big statue thing we have to just. Yeah. Draw all over it. <laughs> exactly, stuff. but that's cool. That um, I actually think I'm pretty happy with April. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I I honestly want games to stop coming up in such rapid succession yeah, so I can mm. finish some shit. Um, so April sounds fine to me at the moment. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll move into some release dates actually because there's quite a few games that have been uh, announced as having you know their release date has been put forth um, of late. So. First one we'll dig into in the same vein as the uh, not the Witcher, the Witness. Similarly, um, is Firewatch. Now I think we're all pretty excited for Firewatch. Yeah. Are you you keen on Firewatch? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, definitely the the footage that I saw way back when kind of in the first announcement E three. Um, mm. It definitely intrigued me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is the game by Campo Santo, um, quite a small dev house I think in California, and they've been making this for I think it's about two and a half years now. Um, it looks really, really interesting. It's, it's you know, uh, you, you take the role of um, one guy set out in the wilderness and you're watching for fires, essentially. That's yeah. your job. And, and it's sort of a mystery-type, thrillery vibe. They haven't given and... a whole lot of way about about. No, and I think the... that's fantastic. Mm, it, mm. And it's, you know, I, as much as I hate movie trailers, I almost hate game trailers as much because <laughs> they often do give it. And when it's a mystery, you know, you want to keep everything yeah, you can. Absolutely. Kudos um, to... Um... What was it last year? So until, until dawn, dawn for yeah. managing to release trailers that concealed yeah, the true yeah. nature of the game the whole time. Very, was... very well done. Uh, as far as Firewatch goes, I'm pretty pumped for it, and yep. it's probably the first game this year, uh, which isn't saying much that that I'm also I'm quite excited about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess because it's been it's been a bit of downtime, eh? Where not too much has been happening since kind of you know New Year's that sort of no, thing. No, not not really. Um, I haven't really noticed it to be honest because I've just been obsessed with The Witcher and The Witness. Mm, um, mm. But yeah, no. Now you mention it, yeah, there hasn't been 
too much being yeah, wasted. Yeah, exactly. Period. So it's, it's going to be cool to have um, <clears throat> something new, something relatively small. Yeah. Um, to kind of sort of ease. About six hours is what I've heard. Something it takes like to finish yeah, that. Yeah, um, which is cool. And, and I think that is a cool way to go when you think about um, awesome games like uh, Journey, things like yep. that, where it's, yep. you know, and it's all about the... Uh, you know, the experience. And that, that game, I think, is about the same, maybe five hours? Oh, Journey is missing, I feel, incredibly sure. I mean, it could have just mm. been, I played that game for about eight, nine times to kind of get maximum length scarf and the white outfit and everything. Yeah. Um, so it could have been that by the last time I got to it, I was so familiar it was short, but I seem to call that game only taking about two and a half but it's cool to sort of think of them as like kind of taping, taking a step back and, and just going hey well what's what's the vibe that we want to nail down here and not worrying too much about the length of it and just making sure they nail the basics I guess and yeah, it looks yeah. to me like Firewatch is going to be one of those kind of titles it should be really cool yeah and it's, it's so it's going to be about or well, I assume it's going to be about $30 New Zealand because it's about 20 it's nineteen ninety nine American mm-hmm. there hasn't been a confirmation I've checked the PlayStation store website there's no confirmation of that on the New Zealand PlayStation yeah. website. So, you know, don't quote me on that, but I would assume it'd be about thirty bucks. I'm gonna be so upset if it's more than thirty dollars eh? and it's gonna be thirty one ninety nine. You can come come at me guys. Um and also on that same date actually, there's weirdly there's a lot of stuff coming out on that date. So we've also got uh indie called Unravel. Have you guys seen anything about this or heard Not anything familiar. about this? No. Um, so I can't remember who the dev house behind this one is, but it's described as Little Big Planet mixed with Limbo. So it's a it's a pla- it's a platformer. So I'm very excited about it. Um, it's a platformer, and you're a little guy made of yarn, and you kind of just have to use your abilities to get through the levels and stuff. It's a really beautiful have, looking game. I have seen. Yeah, some, they showed it at yeah. E3 a little bit um, last year, and. Uh, the guy who showed it was very nervous, so they're obviously a very small team and they haven't done very much before. Um, but yeah, it looks really interesting. It's, it's um, yeah, it's just a platformer and you're just a guy made of yarn and you have to, you know, use your yarn abilities to get through the levels and there's, there's environmental puzzles and things like that. You, you know, a can, your can will fall out of a bin and you have to go and push it around and jump on it and you attach your yarn to something and mm-hmm. swing on it and whatnot. I feel but, like being an indie game, it's going to have something to make it, you know, different to how it initially appears to be, because that seems yeah. to be the common trend at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I feel, based on the name and the fact that it's an indie title, it's probably actually going to be horribly depressing. And <laughs> as you go through the levels and lose your use your abilities, you're going to lose more and more of yourself because yeah, you're yarn. And then at the mm. end, you're just going to be dead steps away from your final goal. And that's going to be that's <laughs> that was actually the same thought that I had. As well. Like, is it is it a toy that's been lost by a child? Yeah. And so your job is to get that toy home, and then you see the child there, and then. And then you're just a button. <laughs> it remains to be seen. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, so yeah, that's that's coming out the same date as Firewatch. Um, I'll definitely be Firewatch will have you know priority, um, but and I'll probably pick up Unravel at some point as well. That's thirty dollars. That one is on the PlayStation Store. It's thirty dollars. You can pre-order it. Yep. Um, and then on that same date, actually, there's Dying Light. The following. So this is the expansion to Dying Light which takes you out into the WAPs. It's sort of a farmland and stuff like that, and there's vehicles added in and things like that. Um, so that's coming out on the same date, and the interesting thing about that is the devs have been have said that they're going to be using the seventh core of the, the PS4. Seventh core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the quantum core that appears when it needs to, and, and you know otherwise isn't really there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And so when it is observed, it is completely yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. So that that brings to light some interesting things. You know, Dying Light 
there's a lot of things going on screen at one time, a lot of zombies, a lot of decals and whatnot. Uh, are the consoles underpowered already? Yes. Like, yeah. You reckon? Yes. I would say <laughs> yes, as a, you know, as someone who, who descends further and further down that path of PC masterized elitism, yes. Yes, they were underpowered on launch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Because I guess that's the thing, eh? like how far ahead can you really future-proof a console mm. when you've got a 10-year cycle? Mm. And I, I'm not too worried about it because when you consider the how far the previous generations have been pushed from, from the beginning of their life cycles to the end, in a way it kind of sounds to me like it might just mean devs will need to be a little bit more clever about how they use the resources and, yeah, and, and yeah, perhaps yeah. even hone their craft a little bit more. Yep. It's probably dumb of them to have to do that. Um, but perhaps it means that in the long term it's going to mean that those people can do a better job at what they're doing. They yeah, sort of... I mean, as with the PS2 and the PS3, you see the games that came out in the first release window and mm -hmm. the games that came out before the PS4 came out, like The Last of Us, the, the, you know, the last games on PS3, mm -hmm. incredible difference. Yeah. Insane yeah. amount of difference Massive in that. Difference. So, there's still a lot that they can do with um, with the PS4. I remember how unbelievable it was at the end of the PS2 lifespan when God of War 2 came God of War, out yeah, yeah. God of War 2, even just compared to God of War 1, which was quite an early PS2 release title, yep. was just phenomenal. It mm. looked so good. It's like, no, mm. this can't be the same hardware. Like, what have they done? <laughs> this um, is some kind of voodoo magic, man. <laughs> yeah. God of War San Andreas was, that was 2004, so I suppose that was four years. How long was the life cycle of the PS2? When did that go to? About 2005? 6? I want to... Yeah. It, it is a tough one to call. I want to say that it was until... It was, I was still I, in high school when the PS3... Yeah, I think the PS3 and the 360 came out about 2005 or 2006. Around one of those two years, I reckon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, games like God of War and, and, and Sam Andreas and things like that definitely show you the potential of, of the hardware. Um, so I think we have a lot. You know, I'm not going to get down on the PS4. Oh, it's a load of shit now. Yeah, I mean, uh, while I say I believe it's underpowered, I just mean in terms of the hardware that's now available, the PS4 is already quite far behind. But I don't think that that in any way means it's not going to be capable of providing, right. you know, nice gaming experiences both graphically and just, you know, depth of content and you know as as you said with the amount of stuff on screen and dying light and everything the simple fact that they do have this you know backup core that they're able to unlock if needed to be able to render that stuff just means yeah it's it's still got a lifespan it's yeah. not the end of yeah, its yeah. lifespan um it just will probably become more apparent over the next few years moving mm -hmm. forwards that you know you'll start seeing those cross-platform releases that do just look vastly superior on PC, whereas mm -hmm. at the moment you get them come out and you're like, oh yeah, there's a bit of a edge on PC. Yeah. But I feel like as the years go on, it will just be like, oh, this is a vastly different game. This looks so much better on PC. I wonder, yeah. um, I wonder to what extent the uh, things like cloud computing and things may come into it with, with this current sort of mm. phase. Of well, that's interesting as well, because Microsoft has talked about that, right? That was mm. one of the things with the Xbox One before they backpedaled on everything they said previously, <laughs> yeah. um, was the, they were going to, because it was going to be always online they were going to, going to be able to use the power of the cloud exactly um to yeah to essentially give it a whole bunch more cpu mm. power um yeah so if you're if you're there not playing your your xbox other people's xbox can use that power i, I don't, don't quite get it yeah i mean i don't i'll i'll be first to admit i don't get i still don't get the internet 
Um, I just, it's incomprehensible to me that something that doesn't actually have a physical presence is able to carry data, which also isn't a physical presence without any sort of physical connection. No, I, mean, I don't get it. We're getting so, so, so using now. hardware yeah. from a system via the internet to assist another system. I don't get it. I don't. It's bullshit. I it's, don't, just, it's not <laughs> possible. It's we'll not agree possible. that it's black magic. And I yeah, think it is. Yeah. I think it How is about I put that on the background for it <laughs> as far as some research? Yeah. So well, that'll be in the next uh, philosophy and technology podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that we do so we'll, we'll move on from that um a couple of release dates i want to rattle through as well dark souls 3 um that's coming out march 24th so that's not too far away mm. and um balthazar i think you have uh, something to announce yeah yeah i mean dark souls 3 ties nicely into it because it's a game i'd otherwise be picking up day one love the souls game started with demon's souls on the ps3 um love them but i i won't be able to pick up dark souls 3 if i stick to my resolution um because yeah i do have a resolution to announce um, uh, what is it? I'm, <laughs> Come on, I'm a, bit of a, I'm a bit of a fiend of just buying every new title as it comes out, and yes. then kind of it, I like just not even trying to refute it. Just yes, that's true. Yes. Um, <laughs> season, season passes, and yeah, and maybe playing for you know like five six hours, and then something new comes out, so I just buy that and never finish anything. Just so looking through my catalog the other day, realised I had a lot I haven't finished, so I'm actually not going to be purchasing any new games until I've finished off a little list I've written. Um, so this list doesn't include every game I haven't finished, just mm -hmm. every game that I intended to purchase and play right through, but then never got right through it. Um, so I'll rattle off some quick titles, uh, mostly PS4. We've got uh, Bloodborne, <laughs> just the DLCs come out and I never finished that, um, so I want to get into that. Uh, Blaze Blue, Chrono Phantasm Extend. Yes. Um, Same it's just like woo. Uh, all the woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 2, the PS4 remakes. I never played the DLCs on PS3. Um, so I'm going to go through those. Uh, the Dishonored PS4 remake. Again, DLCs I didn't have. Fallout 4. Um, I got up to the Glowing Wastes or whatever it's called. And then just that's it. So, me, man. so pretty much nothing in the story oh still. God, and nice. yeah, Come just on. stop. Um, <laughs> Phantom Pain. Played it to completion. Got really frustrated that character X was no longer available <laughs> post-finishing the game, um, and they were my most powerful companion who helped me do all the side quests. So I was like, all right, I've got to start again and not lose them, so I can actually do the side quests. Saints Row 4, again, played it on PS3 without DLCs. PS4 remake is sitting on my shelf. Evil Within, shit of a game, but I should give it a chance, because <laughs> for whatever reason, it ranked quite highly in the year it came mm -hmm. out. I think it was 2014. People thought it was really good. Well, it's the I Resident Evil creator, it. right? Yeah, okay, yeah, and, and published by Bethesda. Um, and it was so shit. Unbelievable garbage. <laughs> and everyone's like, this game is great. People who, you know, are shitting on it just aren't giving it a chance. They're obviously not used to old school like Resident Evils and stuff, those clunkier control schemes. No, I'm familiar with those, played them all. Evil Within is just a garbage game, but I'll finish it. I'll <laughs> suffer for the viewers. I'll, I'll yeah. finish it and I'll, I'll do some videos. <laughs> the Last of Us. Abe will be pained to hear me say not finish yeah, Last of Us. Finished it multiple times on PS3, but again, DLC, never played it, so I grabbed the PS4 remake that has the DLC. Mm -hmm. um, never finished the PS4 remake, I got halfway through and then... If Stop. you could see Abe's face right now, <laughs> he is scandalised. Um, one for both Abe and Regan to you know look at me and stain over, but The Witcher 3. Um, again, one that I played... Well, you haven't finished, haven't it, finished it either, it, so actually. I haven't finished it, so I'm going to keep my mouth. I did play through the story, but barely touched any side stuff. Didn't touch the DLCs. Haven't given it what it deserves, so I will go back to that. 
Um, and finally, Transformers Devastation. Just the uh, it's on the list because it's so incredibly short and I still haven't finished it. Um, I've, I've put in maybe three hours of like the four or five hour game. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a short game because Platinum Games, you know, they work on the kind of refining that combat. Yep. And in actuality, while it could only be four hours, if you're like me and you play it on hardest straight away, um, it's probably like 10 hours because bosses just serve you over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, then we move on quickly rattling off some Vita titles, Danganronpa, Freedom Wars, the Final Fantasy X remake, which in itself is going to be some work, um, and Virtue's Last Reward. On 3DS, the original Xenoblade Chronicles, after talking about X so much, um, Bravely Default and Majora's Mask remake. And then on Wii U, we've got Xenoblade Are you ever planning to buy Chronicles X. a new game? <laughs> nah. This, nah. <laughs> Super Mario 3D World, because we have brought that up. It's a great game. So good. I never you got to finish that. I'm I finished that. the final Bowser world <laughs> after you think you're done, and then you go into the clouds or, or whatever. Um, there are, And Trauma Center New Blood is an old Wii game that I picked up that's really All fun, because right. I loved the handhelds. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, sort of 18, 20 titles. Dude... It's a lot of work. Yeah, uh, I should add the amendment that there's two exceptions. Uncharted 4, I will pick up when it comes out, because um, it's too big of a game for me to be able to skip, because I love the other ones so much. And also, if it does come out this year, Kingdom Hearts 2, because... Kingdom Hearts 3. 3. <laughs> yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3, um, I was thinking about 2 fondly, um, because yeah, I love that franchise. Um, but other than that, no, it's going to be playing this list. Well, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll keep you in line if... If we mention something over, oh, I'll pick that up, well, I'm going to be the first one to jump on it and say, right. no, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, you fucking be hard, um, yeah. Yeah. Put that game down. Yeah. Um, though it should also be noted, that doesn't necessarily mean I won't be talking about games that aren't on this list. Um, you know, I have you guys, um, the wife, like a lot of friends with PlayStations, if I jam anything with them. Yeah. Yep. Basically, the list is I'm not allowed to buy anything for myself Fair until I've finished all of these cool. games. Doesn't mean I won't be playing new things if someone else has them. So. Cool. I like it. I like it. That means that I'm probably going to fall to you, Abe, to, to suss out some content for Dark Souls 3, which is... Uh... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's not good. I've never been the... I, the first Souls game I played was Bloodborne. So oh, that's... Yeah. You know, it's not even technically in the same thing. Um, so... All right, well, I guess that's that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but the, the, the last um, couple of release dates I wanted to go over, something I wasn't really excited for, and now I'm really excited for, Doom. Mm. Doom. Doom. Doom yeah. looks awesome. Doom Guys, looks great. Doom looks yeah. fucking excellent. I, I think it's funny that they've managed to, through post-announcement, kind of, they've made it look better now, considering all the time and resources they put into their initial presentation, showing that initial gameplay footage that just looked so repetitive and crap. Yeah. And since then, when other people have had their hands on, you know, pre-release versions and stuff like that, they've managed to make the game look better than the company itself. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's weird, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm excited oh. for it, not that I can pick it up, but um, <laughs> I yeah. think it looks good. I'm, I'm, I'm craving for some... Um... I'm craving for some um, arena shooters, and I have been for a while. I, I jammed the original Unreal Tournament, tournament a wee bit back, and um, I'm, I'm just really, really keen on Doom. Um, so anyway, I think we'll probably move into some news from here. Um, the first thing is EA bowing out of E3 this year, <laughs> and, and to hold their own quote-unquote fan event. Um, you know, I don't know who considers himself an EA fan and actually reveals that out loud. <laughs> but this was exactly my thought when when I read this on the agenda for today. Uh, what are they gonna do at these at this fan event? Like, yeah, what... it, they don't have 
I, in my opinion, they don't have the following to pull it off. Like yeah. Blizzard managed it when they pulled out of those things and ran BlizzCon every two years or what have you. Yeah. They could do it because Blizzard, while they may only have sort of five actual games currently to their name that are still going, would have got Diablo, Overwatch coming out, uh, World of Warcraft. Yep. Um, that's it. That's three. Hearthstone, StarCraft 2. So they go, yeah, the five titles. Their fans are insane. Yeah. People are die generally if you play a Blizzard game, you play all the Blizzard games. Like, right. you know, they the Blizzard launcher has all five of those games and actively shits on you if it notices that one of those games isn't installed on your computer. <laughs> um, so they can do it with the mm. fans. EA That's the thing, right? Like, like the, their ga yeah, their games I mean, are they just gonna have a bunch of Madden fans and FIFA? Yeah, fans? like yeah. I mean two thirds of their presentation at E three when I watch it, I skip through. I skip through all the sports stuff and I skip through all the dancing bullshit. <laughs> like literal I, yeah, dancing I think the thing that gets me is that like the people that play the EA sports releases and things, uh not really the kind of intense gamers that are gonna go to a fan release day. They're mm. they're people who pick up FIFA or Madden every couple of years and, and jam that with their mates. I don't think I don't know that that crossovers to people who are into it enough to really want to go to a game. Yeah, it's a, it's an um, interesting one because eh? we've got we've got Star Wars Battlefront, we've got Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Mm -hmm. um, what what are, what are your other big e, EA properties coming out? You know, this year or a Battlefield, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. No, nah, that's Activision Blizzard. Mm -hmm. Not Activision. Activision. Yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm all there's, for them cutting themselves out at E3 because that yeah. means there's less bullshit for me to fast forward through. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll tune into their into their event, you know, just mm. to see what they're what they're up to. Hey, and if there um, if there are any big EA fans out there listening to this podcast, please let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is this is going to be running from uh, in New Zealand. It's going to be June thirteenth to fifteenth. Um, that'll be the EA uh, E3 event. If I remember correctly, E3 is usually about June 9th to, to maybe 12th or something mm. like that. Um, so it looks like it's going to be after or maybe simultaneously. At least they decided not to compete by look by these dates. Yeah, it looks like yeah, they probably yeah. decided, like, oh, it would be a bad idea. Even though we think we're big enough to hold our own event, we don't think we're big enough to overwrite E3. Yeah, so. yeah. They'll have, um, you know, that maybe they'll go the Nintendo Direct route mm. and just have a... A live stream of Email all EA. I mean, yeah. the world's coming to an end when that sort of thing starts happening. And there's, uh, you know, that uh, I can't remember his name. That absolutely heartless supervillain-looking dude who is the CEO of EA. He's an Australian. Um, sorry, Australians. But you look in his eyes, and there's just nothing there. <laughs> it's quite terrifying, actually. Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, and another thing I just wanted to uh, bring up as well, the Division beta, has anyone seen anything about that? Has anyone participated in that? I haven't participated. There's no. a lot of content being created for it, which is really cool. And I'm actually, I think it looks cool. I'm uh, more intrigued than I used to be, mm, for mm. sure, after looking at some stuff about it. And you yeah. know, um, and people seemed quite scandalised by it being the whole hidden numbers type Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But... It, it doesn't look to me to take anything away from it. It, um, it looks like a lot of fun with mates again, yeah, like yeah. like your destiny and what and what have you. But I mean, uh, I'm not a very social gamer. I think if I jumped in and played a few, uh, you know, a few hours with you guys, I'd probably have a lot of fun. Not generally what I what I would do, but if we do do that sort of thing, I think I probably would enjoy it. Mm, so mm. Um, yeah, I'll keep an eye on that. I, I think it was only a, for a weekend the beta was out or something like that. It was a closed beta. 
Yeah. Um, so, but the feedback has been, has been like not really good, but like you know relatively good. Everyone's mm. like, oh yeah, that seems alright. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. And um, another thing I just wanted to to discuss. Anyone here a big Need for Speed fan? The I thought it might be you, Regan. Yeah, well, not really. I wouldn't say I, I, I was pumped for the new for the reboot game, um, and and it was pretty like it wasn't really hyped hugely or anything like completely that. Completely underwhelming. Yeah, I yeah. almost completely forgot about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, probably the best the Need for Speed game that I really enjoyed was the the underground one, Need for Speed, Need Need for Speed which, which was really fun. It yep. was uh, like an open world map, and it, and it sort of stepped away from the earlier Need for Speeds, which really were just, I guess, the, the maps were just... It was arcade racing. Very arcade yeah, yeah, exactly. Underground um, 2 was the open open world one, because Underground 1, I think, was still just the same... It was the same formula as the previous ones, but mm. it was all... I think Underground yeah, 2 was when, right. when it went open world. Yeah, you could be right. And and that was really cool, and, and the customising side of the, the cars and all that kind of thing. You felt like Paul Walker from... Uh, from Need, uh, that, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you got it. Um, <laughs> I know those movies. Yeah, and uh, and they they were really cool, but uh, mm. this, this, this one came out so, and so so much apathy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um and it's the kind of thing where it's it's with AIA titles. It's kind of like there's really got to be something special about it for me to go out and buy it right away, and. It, just looking into the sort of the, the early sort of stuff that came out online, just didn't there wasn't quite enough there to really grab me and make me want to go out and get it. I did think about it, yep. um, but yeah, it just was a little bit underwhelming. And mm. it looked yeah. to have some incredibly cringe cutscenes because they started. To, oh, they tried right. to go back with the whole story and everything, and they did like the that. whole live action thing. Yeah, like was, yeah, full on like live action cutscene. It just looked a tr- it, the actors were terrible. It was so bad. Oh, that that part of it was just. Yeah, God awful! I Why they went back there is could have been what sort of put me off with it, and yeah, just really transparent, horrible. Like, I wonder how much they paid those actors to do those scenes. It was oh. pretty remarkable. If you haven't looked into it, if you've if you're out there and you're listening and you haven't looked into any of those scenes, have a quick YouTube of it because it's it's entertaining to watch. Yeah, just <laughs> just, just 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 Google Need for Speed. Uh, th- this is the problem. Need for Speed reboot. Um, live action or something like that, or cringe. I'm sure it'll come up somewhere <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, and, and you know that brings me to a, to another point I, I actually wanted to touch on, um, which is games reboots having the same name as their previous iterations mm. makes things. You know, it's the whole Xbox One thing again, yeah. where you you know the original Xbox. You know what? No one knows what the fuck anyone's talking about anymore. Mm. Um, the new. Nintendo 3DS. The new Nintendo like, 3DS. Oh, did you get a new 3DS or did you get a new new 3DS? Yeah, like, you, you, <laughs> it's almost the intonation in your voice that, yeah. that sort of makes the brand, isn't it? Mm. It's yeah, it's absolutely baffling to me that that people just call it that. Just you know, chuck something on it. But then at the same time, there's first iterations of games coming out nowadays that all have subtitles for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, we were talking about one the other day, Murdered Soul Suspect. Yeah. No one knows what the fuck that is. That's the first game in, in the series. You don't have to give it a subtitle. Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls. Yeah. Next one's going to be Beyond Three Souls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it, it really frustrates mm. me when they just seem to give things a subtitle. Especially with something like Need for Speed, which is, and that franchise has been going for a long time. Yeah. Um, just just think about it. Maybe yeah. give it, you know, yeah. maybe even go the whole hog and give it a new, start a new, a new franchise, I say that. 
with air quotes. Comments, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, around my head. <laughs> um, yeah, it just seems a little bit. It's, it's, I guess they're sort of making that choice. Hey, do we want to try and sort of eke out the what we have from the previous iterations of the games and that kind of thing, and just latch on to those people that perhaps are still playing Need for Speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out there I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a considerable amount of people still. Um, but it is confusing. It's really confusing. Mm-hmm. I just wish they'd stop doing that. Stop putting sub, uh, you know, unnecessary subtitles on the end of things. And start putting subtitles on the on the end of things that actually need them, like yeah. Need for Speed. You know, don't have to call it Need for Speed Reboot because that's a bit on the nose. Need for Speed Second Coming. There you go. There you go. There yeah. you go. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. But Any marketing people out there? <laughs> Want to reboot your game? Just subtitle it Second Coming. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah. So, uh, guys, another thing I wanted to talk about is. Um, Sort of the outrageous price of, of games here in New Zealand. So outrageous. Insane, right? Uh, we get fucked over incredibly yeah, by, um, you know, trade taxes and all that sort of stuff. Um, just getting the games here seems to be, you know, a bugbear or something for... Absolutely, yeah. And especially especially given, for all of the listeners out there, uh, <laughs> a part of Abe's sort of persona, I suppose, and, and a, a thing that makes... Him, the man that we all love and uh, know and love, is he's exceptionally frugal. I remember one time he got paid and you spent maybe like $16 of your entire pay that, or something along that, those lines. Yep, that in was a fortnight. In a, in a week, I think it was. Yeah. yeah Which I, is amazing. Amazing. But you can imagine how much pressure that would put on <coughs> a man who also values video games in, in a country where they're so expensive. I guess the thing for me is like, why are they why like there's a, obviously there's tax and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. perhaps it's because we're so isolated from the rest of the world but surely if you're importing with you know with flying planes and things rather than ships it's not uh... it seems like there's no reason for it and i mean in australia um it's a little bit cheaper over there as well than us but even with the equivalent dollars mm-hmm. um, it's still cheaper in australia mm-hmm. Um, but so, they have that whole R18 thing but they get shitter games so we don't have it quite as they well. have an R18 rating now but don't they still get it slightly worse probably maybe not. they don't well, almost like, almost yeah. certainly sorry just... sorry, Australian brethren like that really <laughs> sucks for you guys <laughs> um, but yeah no I, I think um, Regan you wanted to uh, touch on uh, uh, maybe a little tip what? yeah well I mean there's a few kind of tips, eh? And and you guys have all got your own little tactics and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 one that Abe has played on a few times, I believe, <laughs> maybe, possibly, twice, I will twice so far, neither allegedly. confirm nor deny, <laughs> is obviously you're going to get better prices online because there's less overheads for Absolutely. an online store. Some would say, as I mentioned before, you would get better prices in Australia. Mm. So what you can do, and, I've, and I will never confirm or deny that this has actually happened, is find the, the online store from either New Zealand or Australia for, um, for your favourite games retailer. Um, find the cheapest price you can on their website. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's from Australia or New Zealand, it might be in Australian dollars. or in, And then print that out and take it into your local store and get them to price match it as best they can. And see if, that's kind of the, the ploy, right? It's, it was similar, except I didn't use any physical media, so what, what I... What oh, so you're just admitting it. Yeah, what, what, I, what I may have done, what I may have done is uh, went into a large chain of... Um, uh, they they sell a lot of, uh, of of general goods. One of being video games, 
Um, and I went in there. This was on my quest for the Phantom you... Pain about 10 a.m. Um, on a Tuesday morning or something like that, I think it was. Um, and I was looking for the Phantom Pain, and it was unbelievably expensive everywhere. And I'm not talking normal, unbelievably expensive New Zealand prices, about 90 bucks. I'm talking like 120 for some yeah. obnoxious reason. This game was about 119.99, and there's no way in hell I'm paying that for a standard edition version of Phantom Pain. Or was a day one edition, which got you a skin or some bollocks. It didn't, but, work. It didn't work for a long well, time. Yeah, so the skin didn't work. work. Um, so I, I, I went on a quest around a, several retailers trying to source the Phantom Pain for a price that I thought was reasonable um, in New Zealand, which I would say is about 70 to $85, let's say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually ended up going into a large retailer and just thinking to myself... Because they usually claim at this particular large retailer that you can get a bargain there. So They do, they do. That's um, I've heard tell of that as well. Yeah. And I, I was looking on a, uh, online on, a, on another retailer's website and I noticed that it was really cheap. It was about $68 um, on, on, on this website. And, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I was, I was about to go in to this particular retailer. And then I noticed it was .com.au. I was like, oh, well, that's a bit shit. And then I scrolled down and was having a look at the game. And the URL disappeared from the top of the screen, the top of my phone. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then the, the, the cogs <laughs> started to whirl in my head. <laughs> And I, and I went down to my, you know, the closest place to me and I went in there and, and saw how much they were selling it for and it was like 119 or whatever. And I, and I thought, you got, these guys do price matching. So I went up to the counter and I had my phone and I, I scrolled down to where it said $68 on the, on the, on the page. Um, and I showed the, the, you know, the person at the, at, the, at the games counter and said, would you price match with this retailer? Um, and they could see all the branding and stuff on the on the phone and, and on the interface, and and they said, sure, we can do that. And so I ended up getting the Phantom Pain for sixty eight dollars on release day. Um, so that's a that's pro tip. A pro tip out there. Pro tip: as long as you're willing to sort of you know just withhold a wee bit of information, everyone gets a bargain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's great. Have you got any tactics? Uh, I guess for me, the the main thing there is is firstly considering whether you need to have that game straight away. Because mm -hmm. um, if you're willing to wait a little while, you can always get it online, and as long as you're happy with you know the shipping times and that kind yeah. of thing, it's always going to be a wee bit cheaper. Yeah. Um, have you got any pro tips there, Beth? Uh, not really, to be honest. You can't um, just buy everything. My, my, <laughs> yeah, it's just simulate it into my being. But um, no, I mean, I guess my pro tip uh, is just nzgameshop.com or, uh, or ozgameshop.com. Um, occasionally, again, as I've said, even if you kind of work in the exchange rate, it'll still be slightly cheaper mm -hmm. um, to get it from there. They ship uh, from the UK, I believe. Yeah, they do. Things. So there is a bit of a wait time on that. But like Regan said, you know, if you can wait for it, um, typically you can get a game that is selling for some outrageous price, like $109 at, at you know, a local retailer. You can probably get it there for about, what, 64 yeah, I, I got this just with a week weeks delivery or something. Yeah, I got um, the Stick of Truth South Park, the Stick of Truth on Xbox 360 a while back for about 70 bucks. So yeah, and and I guess the thing is, you know, these numbers d depends, I guess, on where you're listening to, you know, to this podcast from. But you know, if, if you're in Europe or in America or anything like that, and you think, oh, six, sixty-eight dollars, that's more than we pay here. If you work out the exchange rate there, that does come to like what forty US dollars and probably about 35 pounds mm. um, so it's we are talking you know if you're prepared to wait you can get stuff 
Cheap. Yeah, you yeah. do yeah. just need yeah. to, I guess, not need it day one. If you do need it day one, give Abe's tip a try. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Give, give it a whirl. Let me know if you, you know, if you have any feedback or if it works or not, or um, <laughs> if you get arrested. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's not technically. I wouldn't say it's illegal because that retailer definitely... can always say no. They can always oh, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not bullying them into it. Yeah, exactly. it's just their own. You know, ineptitude. <laughs> um, they should check things like yeah, that. They absolutely. should check someone's not trying to fuck them over. Mm. Whereas I'm just a totally honest person, and uh, I like to go with sort of trading and things. Even though you're not going to get anywhere near what your old games are worth if you took the time to sell them on perhaps an online marketplace. Yeah, yeah, um, probably New Zealand's biggest online marketplace. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what that site's no, called, but no, anyway. No. Um, <laughs> You know, I just like to do the trade-in thing. Um, mm. Yeah, it's always. always I'm, I'm big on that as well. I, I generally sell probably about sixty to seventy percent of my games. I, I don't keep very. You don't hang on to them. No, no. I've, I've probably got about eight PS4 games or something like that, and that's all. Last of Us and. How do you live? <laughs> just if something really sticks out to me, I, I hold on to it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's gone. It's Absolutely. Out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's move on. One more discussion topic that I really wanted to bring up with you guys. This is a wee bit outdated now, because um, it was all to do with E3 last year, but the idea of video games, uh, sort of the devs turning to Kickstarter mm-hmm. in order to fund their games. Now, the, the, the big example of this is Shenmue 3, um, which has pretty much been in, you know, mostly funded by Kickstarter so far. I mean, they were only asking for, I think it was about a million, or, you know, only asking for a million or <laughs> yeah. two million dollars. Then they got that, and, and the creator was kind of like, oh... What about ten million? It's like, come <laughs> on, but that's a bit greedy. But it was like, you know, they're going to get the fans to chip in a certain amount, and then Sony was going to do the rest. They just wanted to see if there was enough interest in the game. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about games turning to Kickstarter to to get their funding? I never have, and never will fund anything through Kickstarter. <laughs> I just fair want, enough. I just want. I'm already paying for your product when it comes out. Yep. So fucking develop it on your own money. Like you get your money back through the post-production purchases, which I am going to do. So I'm not also going to develop it unless you then give it to me for free. Yeah. You know, Oculus did that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring um, up Oculus. Yeah, and that was great. I again didn't didn't kickstart it because I never kickstart anything. Um, but I think really. I, I potentially would start kickstarting things if that was the trend. If that was what everything did, just cool. If you back us for the amount equal to purchasing the game when it's released, yep. we'll send you the game when it's done for right, free. Right. Then I'd back it because I'm not... I don't know, there's still the risk that it won't get finished and you'll lose all your money. But there's no longer just that sense of pointlessness. Like, cool, I made it happen, but now I still need to go out and buy it anyway. Mm. What mm. if it's shit? Especially when you consider mm. like the amount, of, the obscene amount of money is that like a big title that sales really well can make. Yeah, it's a massive industry, um, and you would think if the previous iterations of these games are really successful, especially with Shenmue, then you know, do they need us to chip in on that? Yeah, it's a very strange um, business model they're following, and um, Double Fine is doing the same thing. Mm. The guys who made Grim Fandango and Psychonauts, and mm. you know, they're they're making Psychonauts too. Yeah, via which this. just to put a <laughs> positive spin on it, though, I think it is like in some ways it's a really cool thing because those people who are and I use this word literally, invested in the games, yep. um, are going to get that that sense that they contributed to it. And, and that's kind of part of the success of Kickstarter, I suppose. You know, you get to say to yourself, that game would have been, wouldn't have been around without me. It, yeah. it absolutely would have. 
Like, <laughs> but um, I, I think that's kind of part of it. And by getting everyone on board, they can they can sort of I guess become sort of like an elite fan of that thing. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just it's just that sense of smug self satisfaction that anyone could emulate anyway. Like you know, I could walk up to a dude <laughs> who kickstarted Psychonauts two and be like, oh yeah, me too. The game exists because of me as well. Of course, I didn't contribute any fucking money, but he doesn't know. Like, <laughs> but you would know in your own mind, Balthazar. Yeah. You'd know. Yeah, but he wouldn't. <laughs> that is an interesting thing. Have you got? What are your thoughts on it? Have you? Um, I've never kickstarted anything either. Not not because I, you know, have against kickstarting. It's just because nothing's really grabbed my fancy. The closest I came to kickstarting something was potato salad. No, the, the potato <laughs> salad is awesome. Um, do you know about that, Regan? I don't know about it. There was a. Kickstarter for a potato salad. Essentially, <laughs> that's all you really need to know. The guy got a ludicrous amount of money, $100,000, prob- probably more, might have been a million. I can't he just asked for a couple of dollars. He's like, I just want to go buy the ingredients and make myself a potato salad. So, yeah. He asked for a couple of bucks and, and it took off. He got like a couple of hundred thousand dollars. So, wow. what Did he, he did in the end. good as well on the promise, the party. He, yeah, he threw yeah. a potato salad party for wow. like all the backers and stuff yeah. like that. His it's final pretty, stretch pretty cool. goal if it exceeded what, like, I think it was 100000 yeah, or something. Insane is amount of money. throw a party. For everyone and have enough potato salad for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Cool, that's excellent. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't back that, but I, you know, I, I heard about it and that was pretty cool. No, the, the one thing I came close to backing was. Um, uh, do you guys know the television show Arrested Development? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of that show, and they were releasing a documentary. Someone was doing a documentary on uh, Arrested Development, and you know, it's it's all fate and stuff like that. And I came very close to backing it, but I didn't. And then it came out. And it was fucking terrible. No, so I'm kind of glad it didn't. And it's kind of put me off backing anything, really. But I, I won't not do it, but I'm very sceptical about doing it. I think, to be honest, it, yeah, it does come down to the medium as well. Like, you yeah. know, when it's digital stuff like a TV show, a movie, a game, I may in the future at some point be tempted to kickstart something but it would always be a physical product so you know like an amazing concept for a board game or a card game or something where Mm -hmm. it's a physical product that when it's made you get a you know maybe even before it's made just you get a prototype for that product maybe to test Mm -hmm. enough it's card game whatever it's like cool if we exceed this amount of money everyone who who backed it will get you know a prototype set and they can play it and try it out get back to me with the feedback and we'll see if we can make this this physical thing become a reality because a video game like you said yeah it it doesn't matter if you back it or not if it's a good game that people want it's going to get made a publisher will back it yeah yeah here's the money that's going to sell physical product i think that's a much harder market to penetrate that does it needs prototypes to take to you know various game makers Mm. and be like here's my game try it is it cool want to put it in your store sort of thing yeah um so i i would be tempted to back something like that but never digital content right 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 right. yeah Okay. Um, well, we might move into um, any any sort of like glitches or anything anyone's noticed. And I can't say I've you know just speaking about the witness because that's pretty much all I've been really been playing. There wasn't really anything in that to be honest. It's just solid as a rock that game. I mean, it's pretty hard to fuck up a game that's based solely <laughs> around line puzzles. Yeah. Um, it's but, like picking up the newspaper on a Sunday, right? It's, just, it's <laughs> yeah. the same sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more in the in the game than, than those puzzles, and you know, it's a beautiful <laughs> environment and everything like that. But um, everything appeared to be intentional, so I don't mm. really have anything to say about that. Do you? 
Um, yeah, I have actually noticed a couple um, this past uh, past fortnight. Um, I'll only bring up one because it's kind of it, it was game breaking. Um, really, mm. is I play a little a little iOS game called Tap Titans. It's essentially a, a cookie clicker. You just tap the screen, you kill things. Right. You level up less taps to kill things, more auto taps over time, stuff like that. Um, I broke the game. By mistake, during a tournament, they host tournaments multiple every week, essentially where you and 200 other people who say join tournament at roughly the same time are putting it together, and it's who can get the furthest in a 24-hour period, um, where I activated all my abilities, um, and then I, I turned my phone off quickly. I was like, I need to go do this. So I put it down, expecting to come back and have all the abilities wasted because they're active for a minute or whatever. Turned it on. The minute, basically, it paused it while... I had my phone asleep, so it didn't, you know, waste the abilities. They were there waiting for me to come up, but my income had drastically passively come in. So the abilities had actually been killing things at a much faster rate than just my normal passive rate while I had it slept. So if I turned it back on, quickly spent the money to upgrade even more, then turned it off again, my income was just going through the roof compared to normally. Hmm. Then you couple that with the fact that, that since the abilities have about a 30-minute cooldown, if I turn it back on again after the 30 minutes it was meant to have cooled down, but it was still going, I could activate them again and again and again every 30 minutes and completely broke the tournament and came <laughs> first by hundreds of thousands of levels. Wow. So I'm going to try that again next tournament. Yeah. So <laughs> see if it can just keep happening. World champion. Yeah, so this, uh, this <laughs> really, just really game. weird bug. Yeah, interesting. I'm not yeah. quite sure how. And it, it doesn't happens, seem but... like that would be the kind of thing that would be difficult to replicate either. No, you know? no. Um, and it's something I think it must be to do with the recent update because I'm sure I've slept to my phone before and the abilities have just run out and I've turned it back mm -hmm. on and I've been on cooldown or maybe off cooldown if it's been off for more than half an hour. Um, and yeah, I generated that income during the minute that they were running and then it was just down to my regular passive overtime right, income right. but no in this instance it was last wednesday i think yeah just money through the roof surely right. there's some sort of thing you can install which would be an auto tapper equivalent to like I'm the sure, turbo yeah. button on the shitty third party <laughs> controllers yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, yeah the old mad cats actually it's on the, the um the point of mobile games mm -hmm. um i've spoken about pokemon go earlier um, I don't have any updates on that, but I did find out recently that um, Square is doing a, a an Android and iOS version of Final Fantasy Nine, mm. um, which is going to be my favourite Final Fantasy, it, isn't it? Nine, it, yeah, it's a, it's a great game, um, and it was uh, sadly I was one of the many who didn't really give it much time when it came out. It was one of those things. Um, Seven was my thing. Seven yeah. was my jam. I was like, no, Seven's the best, it's and I was young enough that I didn't really, yeah. you know. Um, what platform was nine on? It was PS1. on PS1. It was, discs. Yeah. Uh, it was a real shame yeah. that it came after seven and eight because they were both. I mean, it's funny you go back and look at eight now, and that was a shit game. <laughs> but it is one that really lived on with its fans. You know, yeah. Squall was that's a really the only one I really know. But it's eight. Mm. Was an infamous character who yeah. pops up in all the kind of square crossover things now. Um, so it's a shame that yeah, nine yeah. came after seven and eight, which were huge with their fans, did really well, and then nine apparently just wasn't as good so people mm. just didn't really give it the time they're like why well, don't I play this and I can go back to seven. Nine's my favourite I yeah. love nine I think the thing love about nine. nine is I think what they were going for was that they knew that it was going to be the last one on that console and they were essentially it was like an homage to the previous ten Final Fantasies mm. so seven and, and eight 
had really defined kind of styles to them. They were futuristic uh, and they were set in those kind of worlds and they, and they played around with that a lot. And then 9 went right back to the same sorts of things that you would have seen in the early Super Nintendo games. Yeah, where it was you've very got, fantasy yeah, rather than that. Yeah, to- toads techno. and tiny little mages that are this tall and all that kind of yeah. thing. So I think the people kind of shied away from it because it went back to that sort of stuff. But it was a massive sort of like salute to all of those previous games and right. sort of summed them all up. Vivi was the iconic image of what a black mage is pretty much and mm-hmm. so many people don't know where that image comes from as a, like, I mean obviously the original black mage was the original black mage imagery um, but the more modern ones very much resemble Vivi from Final Fantasy mm-hmm. so many people who are Final Fantasy fans don't know yeah. the origins of Vivi just because they skipped 9 because it was the end of the PS1 era they had 7 and 8 they didn't really mm. like it and yeah. it's, a lot came from that game but yeah I'm really pumped about that and and it's going to come along with all the same kind of upgrades that, that came with the PS4 um, reboot of Final Fantasy 7 mm. so things like um, you know you can speed it up um, all those kind of little bits and pieces oh like the HD thing. remake kind of thing not yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the so, thumbsticks to get instant full Limit break. Things like that, yeah, yeah. Which is... <laughs> Kill everything in one Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, that, yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, so that's going to be pretty cool. I'll definitely buy that for maybe 15 bucks when it comes out mm. and spend my lunchtime playing that. As um, much as it's my favourite, probably won't because I actually picked up just the regular re-release fit on Vita a oh, few nice. years ago. Yeah. Um, and I got three quarters of the way through that. It wasn't on my list, but I probably will want yeah. to finish that as well. Yeah. Um, so I probably won't be picking up the actual remake remake. Okay. Um, No, I think that's probably just about it for this week. Um, Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we'll be back in a fortnight um, with some new new stuff for you. I'm sure some new stuff will happen in the gaming world. We'll be able to talk about more. Um, Regan, you should uh, try and jam something other than The Witcher. Yeah. yeah, Try try and slot something in there. I will, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to have a good yarn about Firewatch. I think what we should do is sit down and actively discuss... Who's going to get Firewatch? Who's going to play through Unravel? I'm happy to leave Firewatch to you because you sound really pumped about it. I am very pumped yeah, about it. Yeah, there you go. I can see that in your eyes, Abe. Um, so perhaps I'll pick up Un- Unravel on February the 9th um, and we'll play through that and see how we go. Uh, so yeah, it'll, I'll have something else to report on other than <laughs> just killing drowners. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, it's been still been good. Yeah, in the, in the meantime, everyone, uh, have yourself a great next two weeks, and we'll see you again um, in a fortnight. Catch you later. See ya. Ciao.